Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. My brothers and sisters, welcome to our time of prayer and scripture together. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, Director of Priests for Life. I invite you to leave your prayer intentions in the comments. As always, let's pray for one another. Let's put ourselves in God's presence. Let's listen again to His Word of Life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We come to you, Father, needy. We need you. We need you who, because you are our only hope, foundation, and fulfillment. We need you to give us salvation. We cannot save ourselves. We need you, Lord God, always to renew our hope to be aware of our vocation and to have all the graces needed to fight the battles we must fight in order to extend your kingdom, defend what is true and right, save our nation, be faithful citizens of heaven and faithful citizens of earth. Lord, we are in an election year and we ask you to bless the voters and bring wisdom to all for this election season. And bless us now that we may more deeply understand your word, more faithfully live it, and more effectively proclaim it. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, we've got a powerful reading for pro-life today here from the first chapter of Isaiah. This is, uh, this is one of the most powerful. I often quote it in my pro-life talks. From a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Hear the word of the Lord, princes of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, people of Gomorrah. Wash yourselves clean. Put away your misdeeds from before my eyes. Cease doing evil. Learn to do good. Make justice your aim. Redress the wronged. Hear the orphan's plea. Defend the widow. Come now, let us set things right, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they may become white as snow. Though they be crimson red, they may become white as wool. If you are willing and obey, you shall eat the good things of the land. But if you refuse and resist, the sword shall consume you. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, brothers and sisters, at the beginning of Lent, which is a season of repentance, we pointed out that one of the key things our world has to repent of is abortion. We have to repent of the, that blindness of heart, that darkness of the mind that doesn't see the value of every human life. Lent is a season of not just repentance, but repentance leads to faith and baptism. And baptism is called enlightenment. And the Holy Spirit that comes to us at baptism gives us gifts that enable us to understand things like the sanctity of life. So we have to repent of the sin of abortion. In this passage, which starts off, Listen, O people and princes of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah, right, the, the evil, just symbols of evil and wickedness that God then destroyed. Isaiah wasn't talking to Sodom and Gomorrah. This was God calling his own people 
names. Because they were partaking of the kind of wickedness that deserved that. And there's a section of the reading that is not included here in the passage that is proclaimed today by the church. But I want to go back to the full reading here in Isaiah chapter 1. And give you a sense of how angry God is here. Because he says, because of the sins of the people, the following. He says, what to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of ram, the fat of well-fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. Now, let's pause there. Why were the people offering the blood of bulls, lambs, and goats? Because God had told them to. God set up the sacrifices. God commanded these rituals. And now he's so angry at his people that he's saying, even though I told you to do this, I don't want it anymore. He goes on. When you come to appear before me, in other words, when they come to worship him in church, in the temple, when you come to appear before me, who has required this of you, this trampling of my courts? Again, let's pause there. This trampling of my courts? Lord, we're just coming in obedience to you. You invited us. And now the Lord is saying to them, who invited you? He's not only angry at his people, he's going like this. He's, pu he's pushing them away. Listen to this, verse 13 of Isaiah 1. Bring no more vain offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and the calling of convocations. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Your new moons and your appointed feasts. My soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. You know what this would be like? If, if Jesus appeared to us and says, why are you celebrating Christmas? And why are you celebrating Easter? And why are you observing Lent? I'm tired of all this. Why did you get your ashes? Why are you getting the palms on Palm Sunday? Enough of this. That'd be scary, wouldn't it? I mean, we're doing those things because we believe they please the Lord. This communion, why are you bringing me the bread and wine? Why are you offering the Mass? Can you imagine Jesus shouting those words to us? Well, this, this is exactly what happened in Isaiah chapter 1. And here's this, what I think is the scariest verse in Scripture. Listen to this. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. God saying he's not going to listen to our prayers. If we cannot turn to the Lord, to listen to our prayers. What hope is there for us? So brothers and sisters, the next verse, which is still before the rest of the, the passage we, we, we read here when, when God says how to fix all this, wash yourselves clean, receive His forgiveness, He says why He's so angry. One simple sentence. Your hands are full of blood. That's the, those, that's the verse that comes right before the good news here, uh, wash yourselves clean. And remember, Lent 
season of baptism, right? Some people are preparing to be baptized. The rest of us who have been baptized are preparing to renew our baptism. And that is a washing, right? It is a washing in water and the Word. But your hands are full of blood. Long story short, God was saying to His people that they are Sodom and Gomorrah, that they were contradicting the very purpose of worshiping Him. Because their hands were full of blood. Why? Not because they were doing the killing, but because they were tolerating the killing. Understand, killing was going on. Bloodshed was in their midst. They were tolerating it. And if they tolerated it, if they didn't do enough to stop the killing, to stop the bloodshed, to defend the poor and the weak, the orphan and the widow, the children, some of whom were being sacrificed to demons, well then God said, I can have nothing to do with you. And it's a simple principle. We cry out to God for mercy, and rightly so. Well, when we do so, He wants to answer us, but He expects us to hear the cries for mercy from our fellow human beings. Because if we can help them, that's part and parcel of our relationship with God. And that always reminds me of the first letter of John, chapter 3. Let me just read. First letter of John, chapter 3. Let's look at uh, 16 and 17. By this we know what love is, that He laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us love in deed and in truth and not merely talk about it. There you have it. We talk about love, but we allow bloodshed. We ask for mercy from God, and we don't hear the cries of mercy from our brothers and sisters who need them. We want to come close to God and be filled with His life, and we want His help. But when someone else is in need and we are able to help them, we don't do it. What this reading is saying, what both of these readings are are, are saying, is that God's love and God's life cannot abide in us if we're not loving in practical action those who are in need. And this is talking about having enough of this world's goods and helping somebody that we see is in need. You could think of uh, what Jesus said about just giving a cup of water or something like that. But the uh, even deeper reality is when somebody's life is in danger, We have the opportunity to help them like we have the opportunity to help and speak up for the babies in the womb. We've got to do it. And if we don't do it, God's love can't even survive in us. Bottom line, you want to get involved in the works of justice? You want to get involved in saving lives? You want a motive to do what we do in the pro-life movement? If for no other reason, do it for your own salvation. That's not actually selfish. It's not. You have a duty first and foremost to your own salvation. Save the babies. Reach out to the children. Reach out to the moms and dads. Replace their despair with hope. Do something in the pro-life effort for your own salvation. And of course, 
besides the pro-life effort, doing those acts of service that Lent inspires us and calls us to grow ever more abundant in prayer and fasting and almsgiving, helping all who are in any kind of need. These readings are telling us that's the way we become right with God, not separate from Christ and His gift of faith and His blood on the cross. So don't misunderstand work substituting for faith. That's not the case. It's faith that then expresses itself in works. But this command from Isaiah summarizes it all. Do justice. Justice. God intervenes to save the helpless. Sets his people free from slavery. Opens the Red Sea. Brings them into the promised land. Defeats their enemies again and again. He does the same to us. That's justice. Intervening to save the helpless. Let's likewise intervene for the helpless in our midst, first and foremost of whom are the unborn. Amen. We pray for them now, Lord. These children in danger of the abortionist knife, so many of us are deeply involved in this pro-life movement. And Lord, we ask that the words from Isaiah and from John will stir our consciences again today to realize that if we do not help those whose blood is being shed, if we, if we in the least bit tolerate the evil going on around us, well then, Lord, we cannot have your life in us. Bless us. Give us repentance. Give the whole world repentance right now, Lord God, that they may awaken to this, this horrible evil called abortion. Bless us. Keep us safe in your grace. Bless again the voters in this election year. Give us wisdom as we choose public servants who know the difference between serving the public and killing the public. Bless us, Lord, as we go forward now and we sum up all our prayers as we pray for all those who are watching and using the words Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Great to share these reflections with your friends. Thanks for your prayers. My prayers for you continue. Let others know about this program, and be sure to connect with me on all the different social media platforms. I'm at FR Frank Pavone, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Hello. I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. 
To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.